You are listening to Come As You Are, the podcast. My name is Stephanie, and I'm joined by my two friends, Amanda and Tyler. We are a trio of coaches coming together to explore life's biggest topics. Each episode, we hold true to our name, Come As You Are, by showing up and going live. Whatever we bring to the table that week is what we talk about. No scripts, no planning, just real and raw conversations. And audience participation is always encouraged. Our mission is to create a space where vulnerability and authenticity take center stage. And we believe in the power of deep conversations and soulful connections. So welcome to the show. We are happy that you're here. And we invite you now to just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's conversation. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. I was going to say it's morning. Good evening. <laughs> doing oh my gosh it's another another friday another week another month never mind <laughs> do you ever think do you ever think how just quickly time escapes us like like we're we're approaching like the final months of 2023 that's such a good point and, and um it's it's coming up a lot, right? Like I see this on social media. People are talking about, hey, you've got, I don't know, four months left and you can make the best out of it. And everyone's kind of having like finish line panic or something. I don't know. And I'm like, well, why are you all so stressed? Just chill, you know? <laughs> well, well, and and it's not like anything that crazy happens at the end of the year. Like I don't, I've never understood why we have that like end of the year panic of like, oh my God, I didn't complete my goals or I didn't. I mean, it's not like, it's not like you can't just roll them into January. Like time doesn't stop. It doesn't, you know, uh, I've thought about this a lot because I've gotten, I've gotten much kinder on myself when it comes to like setting goals and you know I don't even do new year's resolutions anymore and I know like we're way too early to be talking about resolutions <laughs> but it's it's one of those things I mean they've already got Christmas trees out so we might as well talk about new year's resolutions and <laughs> but it's it's one of those things like in the past I used to set such hard like yearly goals thinking that I only had 365 days to complete them and then I would get to the end of the year and I'd be all stressed out because I didn't, I didn't hit my goals, but goals are not like a, goals don't have a hard deadline. Like when we think about like the bigger life goals, like, and I'm going to use like the classic example of like fitness, like you don't just like set a goal to lose weight in one year. And then as soon as that's over, you go back into like old habits or old patterns. Like that's not sustainable. You know, it's not like, like a set timeline is not a sustainable goal. It's, I don't know. I've, I've just, I just find it ridiculous that we put ourselves like in these time boxes and we say, oh my God, I'm going to do this within this period of time. And then when we don't reach that, we panic and we're like, oh my God, it's the end of the year. And now I didn't reach my goals and I'm a failure. And I'm like, January's going to, January is going to start and you're going to get a, another month to do another, whatever you want to do. Like it just doesn't end y'all. Gosh, yes. And 
So it's actually so interesting when you think about it, like all we're doing is we're just switching out the calendar for like it does nothing nothing actually changes like it's just another day another year like so many of these things I was actually visiting with my great aunt yesterday and so this time these thoughts of time and how quickly things just slip past came to mind because she's 90 and so I'm thinking you know they had like this it was super cute so they had like a country fair <laughs> at the home that she lives in so all the like old people are like dance dancing they're getting face paints like just like doing all these fun fair activities and it really got me thinking you know they're really and I mean I would I would love to think that they will live until the end of time but more than likely majority of them five to 10 years, like, you know, that would be, that would be pretty good. Um, and it, yeah, it really just got me thinking about this time and reflecting on how time really does pass us by and to imagine like 90 years of life, like what would that, that even look like? I mean, I know we're talking about just like 365 days, but imagine like 90 times 365, like, what would, what would that mean? Or what does that look like? And now in this conversation there, I was sort of like, oh, wow. Like, you know, reflecting on how short really, you know, life is. But then at the same time in this conversation, I'm starting to think, well, yeah, but it's also kind of long too. Like there is so much time, right? Like, I mean, 365 days, that's a lot of time. And now I'm getting curious. I'm like, how many hours is that? How, like, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, do the math. I, I'm doing, well, my calculator is going to do the math, let's be honest. But <laughs> there's the, I'm, I was trying to think, I, I, the, the, the theater kid was coming out in me for a minute. I was trying to think, there's a, the musical Rent has, uh, it's like, I forget the name of the song. It's like Seasons of Love. Well, the song is Seasons of Love, but it talks about, how many minutes are in a year and it's like it's a really beautiful song but oh i think I'm, i've heard this I'm gonna, I'm gonna 8760 yeah it's like uh i can hear the song in my head i hear the yep, song yep. yep as soon as as soon as you said that 525600 minutes 525600 minutes one more time <laughs> 525,600 minutes. A half a million. <laughs> half a million minutes. A half a, yeah, more than a half a million minutes we get in a year. You know, I think that as humans, we can't even understand what that means. I think that there's a limit as to, even when you think about the next 10, I mean, 10 years, maybe that's possible. But like, as soon as you get to like 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, it's really hard. Like, at least for me, it's hard to imagine, okay, what do you do when you're like 65? Like, what does that look like for you? And I, I don't know, it's it's hard for me to, to think about so much time. And yes, I agree, it sounds like so much time. And I do think that 
we're, we're all taking this way too serious. Like we need to chill. <laughs> That's my mantra for today. Let's just chill together about this. Um, but there, there's like a limitation as to how much we can really imagine, I think. Um, not that I want to say that our imagination is is has limits, but thinking about time, like a construct, because it's a human-made construct, right? The time, what that means, and thinking about the hours, the minutes, the days, whatever, then, or, or comprehending like, okay, there's someone who is 90 years old, because by the time we are 90 years old, we have reinvented ourselves probably 1,500 times. <laughs> we can't even imagine the things we would be doing by then, or the things we would be thinking about on a daily basis, and our environment and everything. So I would say that yeah, I'm just chill about this. <laughs> I don't know. I took a chill pill this morning, like a, I don't know. I had I had a lot of like, uh, what's this chamomile tea? <laughs> so I'm like, let's just <laughs> be about it today. <laughs> it's a really, it's a beautiful thought to this idea of being zen about time and not letting time be the stressor in life. Mm. I work with, I work with clients every single day who are going through the program going through the program that I coach for and they come in and they get six months in our program with a oftentimes like a little bit of built-in room to extend and whatnot but you know they come in and they're like okay I have six months to do all of this work and they think and this is this is what's so fascinating and it's always like working with people on a day-to-day -day basis is like the greatest psychological study like I've ever been a part of. It's wonderful. But they come in and they think, okay, I have six months to make my dreams a reality. And then they start working and all of a sudden they get to like month five and they're nearing graduation. And they're like, they're like, oh my God, I I've only met like had one client and, and, and they start freaking out. And I'm like, y'all in six months, you laid a really strong foundation. And I said, and I have to like, I, like, like it's that, it's that expectation versus like the reality of things. And for them, they have this expectation that they're going to come into this program. And in six months, they're going to have a fully operational, fully successful, fully thriving business. And all three of us, we've been in the coaching space now long enough to know that it takes longer than six months to find your footing, find your voice, find who you are as a coach, as an entrepreneur. And so I'm always telling them, and one of my, one of my go-to mantras now in 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 that space when i'm working with clients and i'm like i'm like okay you are here for 6 months and you're trying to cram a 6 year vision into a 6 month plan and i said okay let's expand the timeline let's expand you know let's let's allow our imagination to go broader on this timeline to say okay if i you know, take this from six months to six years, how much more breathing room do I have now? How much more like freedom do I have now to take 
one day off on a weekend to be, you know, present with my kids or, you know, take a nap. Like a lot of these people, they come in and they don't even want to take a nap because they think if they take an hour rest, you know, that's going to derail the six month plan. And I'm like, y'all, you are trying to cram a six year vision into six months worth of work. That's impossible. It's going to lead to burnout. It's going to lead to like overextending yourself. You're going to be stressed out that you lose the joy in the journey. Like all of these things are like, and and I'm like, I'm like, y'all, we need to breathe. We need to take a breath. We need to recenter and expand the timeline because when we really think about it and Stephanie's right, it's really hard for us to imagine what 90 years looks like in the, in the span of, of living, but we are infinite. There is no boundary. There is no timeline to what any of this looks like in the greater scheme of things. And like, at the same time, like it's not guaranteed. Like tomorrow is not guaranteed. 10 minutes from now is not guaranteed when we really think about that. And so we're living in this space where we are infinite. Time is infinite. Time does not actually really exist. And yet we have no idea when it's going to end. And so it's that like, to me, I get really excited and I'm like, oh my God, all of the freedom in that, all of the freedom to just be and have fun and like enjoy what is right now because tomorrow is not guaranteed. Next year is not guaranteed. Not, you know, none of, none of it is guaranteed. So why don't we just make the most out of the time we have right now, which is the present moment? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and but we're <laughs> And I think to just add another layer to the conversation too is also in if we're looking at okay 90 years right even 10 20 even looking at the journey of weight loss like all the things that we've talked about already it's the the goal now it may not be the same goal in 10 years. It may not be the same vision. Like that goal is ever evolving. Like, you know, maybe this year it is lose 10 pounds. Then next year it's, you know, I'm going to start going to the gym three times a week. Then we're going to the gym three times a week. And that turns into, well, I want to do yoga two times a week and go to the gym four times a week. Like the, our goals are always evolving and changing. And I mm -hmm. think when we look at it, like there's no definite, like, oh, yeah, check, check, check. Like, I feel like oftentimes we do this, right? Like, as humans, it's like we have this, like, it, and it's it, illusion. It's a complete, like, illusion. There's this, some kind of checklist that we're going through and like, okay, check, next, 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 next. And just checking off our goals. And I don't, I don't think that's how it works. I think we set a goal and then 
we may accomplish it or it might shift and change and look a little different. Or once we get to that point of that goal, we already have another one. Like we're already looking to, okay, well, what's next? So I don't know. I just think, oh, there's, oh, there's, there's, there's so, <laughs> there's so much to this, but that's, that's where, where my brain is going right now to like, you know, how things do shift and change over time. I think goal setting also is such a cool um, topic. And I was I was wondering about this too, what you said, Amanda. And I think maybe it has to do with the expectations that we attach to any kind of goal. Like we think that, you know, once we've lost the 10 pounds or once we go to the fitness studio three times a week, then we have something, right? Because we don't do this. I mean, let's face it, like going to the fitness studio, <laughs> if you're not a fitness geek, most of us, rather dread that right but when you make yourself go and you do a great workout you hit the weights or you go to some kind of class and afterwards you feel freaking fantastic right so we don't really go for the sake of hey i go to the gym three times a week we go for that afterwards feeling so we have this expectation that maybe we will lose some weight from it or we will feel really good afterwards like we'll we are kind of um chasing that um happy hormone rush that we get afterwards and I think where people kind of have a hard time sometimes they attach expectations to the goal and then that's not actually what they really want they haven't done enough inquiry within to understand what it is they really want they're just choosing something because maybe everyone's choosing it or because they think that's what they have to do but that's not essentially giving them what they actually need so I think that that often leads to disappointment and this is why mm, people have a hard time even following through because if you're you're just having this like idea of what it will look like once you achieve that goal and this can be like fitness or anything to do with your career or your relationships then you, you basically go down this road and then, you know, there's this disappointment settling in or you're not feeling the way you want to feel. And that can lead to the, to the frustration. So that, that, that's, was just my thought of like, hmm, yeah, why is it that we do set ourselves up and have all these aspiring goals and it sounds so good. And then we, here we are like a year later, two years later, and they're still on our to-do list or, we still couldn't make ourselves do them. You know, why is that? I think that's has a lot to do with the fact that we, we don't really ask ourselves why we want them in the first place. I think it's the, I will be happy when, you know, that trap, mm -hmm. the I'll be happy when trap. <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, it's, oh, go ahead. No, I just wanted to throw it in. Like that's the, destination addiction when we think that where we I love I, lo I love this term so much like I learned it at some point and I just really love this so it's like the idea that um whatever you get at the end like the six pack or the house or the dream job that that's the reward and then you're going to feel a certain way and no matter the journey kind of thing but we know that it's all about the journey, like, right? Like that's that's what we're here for. And um, yeah, so so many people get this mixed up. Go ahead, Tyler. Well, I was I was going to say 
so there is a lot of that like future pacing that future i love that term destination addiction that that's a great it's a great phrase but it's like and as amanda was saying you know i'll be happy when or you know i'll feel good about myself when what we what we fail to realize is at the essence of at the essence of of who we are like the true self the true self is perfect right now in this moment you know and this like this idea which is hard to conceptualize i am not going to lie took me years to like actually digest that i am perfect right now as is you know because again we live in a world where we are conditioned to believe that you're only going to be happy when or you're only going to be fit if you know all of all of these that leads to that that future pacing that that destination addiction we don't recognize the power of the present now and the perfection of the present now we're always chasing we're always going after things that we don't actually want or need or desire because we're trying to fill a void because we think of ourselves as being imperfect we see ourselves as missing things so we go out and we try to grab and reach and do and when we sit with this idea that i am perfect now what you don't have to do anything at that point and that feels very like uncomfortable and i get it because Again, we've been conditioned to believe in doing and achieving and striving, but at the essence, at the heart, we are perfect now. And so anything that we go out and do shouldn't be to try to overcompensate or overcome things, but we should be we should be moving and achieving because it's truly what we what we desire knowing that we are perfect in the now and even when we go down this journey and we'll use like the fitness one as as the example you're still going to be perfect on the other side you're perfect now and every step of the way you're still going to be pure perfection it doesn't actually matter you know the physique the what the habits all of these kind of things it's recognizing and honoring your pure perfection in the now. And it's so uncomfortable, y'all. Well, and I think too, because it's so internal, like it's not something where it's almost like we're searching for that oftentimes external validation, right? It's like, oh, I have the mansion. Oh, I have the six pack abs. Oh, I have the, like, we have all those external things to validate. Oh yeah. Well, I must be, I'm going to take it to like the I'm worthy conversation, right? Like I'm worthy or I'm enough or I am perfect. Like just the way I am. 
can only be true if, again, the checklist of all of these things that I can see, and it's, it's external. And I think what we're really talking about here is that, no, it's not the external, it's actually the internal part of it. It has nothing to do with the external. It's, it, yes, of course, external may be a reflection of it, but the internal is is first where it comes from because we could have all of the things on the checklist, but it still doesn't mean that we have that that feeling, that that inner truth that, yeah, I actually am perfect just the way that I am, or I do love myself just the way that I am, or I am worthy, or I am enough. Like, we're often searching for, again, that next level. It's like, oh, well, I have the... I don't know, $2 million house. Now I want a $10 million house, like as a really simple, simple example, (laughs) but it just like to illustrate, right? Like very basic. This is like very materialistic, but that's kind of the idea, right? That we're looking for that. Well, what's next, even in the conversation of goals, right? Like we have the one goal, we start out with that and then it turns into something else. And we almost skip the celebration of the present we skip the celebration of who we actually are we skip the celebration of oh wait no I did actually accomplish that goal now I'm moving on to the next it's just we sweep over that and it's like okay well what's next like that's done check next and we don't actually spend this time in that present moment really appreciating not only the goals that we accomplished but who we truly are and that like the authenticity, the genuineness, the uniqueness, our, our own like innate gifts, the, the, the differences that make us all so special and unique and a truly a gift to humanity. We skip over that. And yeah, I'm, I'm like, like another tangent, but like, because then I'm thinking, well, then we start to compare, right? Then it's, oh, well, I don't have what, I don't know, John has, or Bob has, or Sally has, or Fred has, like, you know, all these things, I don't have what they have. So I must not be perfect the way that I am. I must not be good enough. And oh, gosh, that's a slippery slope. Yeah, not a good, not a good, not a good place to, to be, but I think giving ourselves that grace and knowing we've all been there. We've all, we've all, we've all been there. So how do we, now the question is like, how do we get from that, right? How do we overcome that comparing or that really, hmm believing that we truly are perfect just the way we are an even bigger question right how do we how do we actually believe that how do we embody that okay let me just quickly answer that in 10 seconds no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) like 10 seconds you got it you go uh well whenever i have a 10 second answer i will let you all know um until then it's going to be probably like a two to 20 minute answer (laughs) (laughs) before i go there i was just thinking of something that i uh heard this week from um from someone she said that she was describing 
the difference between self-confidence and self-worth. And I really love this description, so I'm just going to share. So she was saying that self-confidence comes from external. So let's say you got a new certificate of something, or you just got a new title, you're now a doctor, or um, you were just got into a new relationship that got you a lot of, gives you a lot of confidence. You just bought a house, like any kind of achievement that is not from within, but is like outside of you, right? It's kind of like a like a shiny thing that that you can wrap around yourself, right? It's like something that you attach to yourself, like this new title or whatever. And that can give you momentarily confidence, make you feel good about yourself, right? But it's essentially not really you. It's just something you did, basically. It's not being, it's doing or, or thinking or saying. And self-worth, this innate knowing, like you were describing, Amanda, right? Like you are perfect, you are whole, you are complete as you are in this moment. That's this this internal just it's just there and by the way it's there for everyone like every human being has that it's there it's just that you're not tapping into it so when you're someone who wonders what the heck and this is hopefully you know answering a little bit of this question um if you're wondering like but how do i build like self-worth like i want to feel worthy of all the things that i want to do it's not that you have to take a course, not that you have to do something to feel worthy. You just have to be it. You have to really believe that you are worthy right now. And that starts with what Tyler was saying so beautifully earlier. It's freaking uncomfortable <laughs> to sit there with yourself, you know, nothing else and just listen within. And I think a big part of self-worth and getting to that place and connecting to that part of you that that is has no shadow of a doubt that you are worthy of all the things that you desire in your life, that sit, getting still with yourself, it's going to be hella weird in the beginning because there's all those doubt thoughts, the voice of fear that we all have. It's really good at not making us go there. It's really good at distracting us with all the things and all the shiny objects around us, right? Um, but once you do, and once you tap into that power, there's really no stopping you. But I'd argue it's a bit, it, it takes it takes time. And you might not get there on the first try or the second or the 10th or the 100th, but eventually. Did it answer your question a little bit? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think we're scratching the surface. I think we're getting there. Yeah, definitely. I don't, and I don't think there, I mean, is there even really like a definitive answer? Like, I don't know. Well, Tyler looks like he has. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler's got some thoughts. <laughs> Spill the beans. <laughs> well, I'm. I have been on an amazing self love, self worth journey that didn't start as a self love and self worth journey. Okay, started as my quest to. It started out it started out as my quest to one find the thing that makes my heart sing like that was my that was my goal right at 17 I was like gonna go out and find the career that was gonna make my heart sing because I know that careers like we have to do what we love in order you know to to experience just all of the wonders of life I didn't know that 
on that quest, I was going to go on this internal journey. And I think, again, that's that's what we have to recognize in the beginning. It's all internal work. It is literally, it is a choice that you make to, and here it is, ready? 10 seconds, right now. I am worthy. That's it. That's it. That's all you have. That That is literally how you claim your self-worth. As you say, I am worthy right now. That's it. Now, let's talk about what actually happens when you say that statement for the first time. You have all of your inner voices and the outer voices coming in to attack you to say no that's not true you don't have this you don't have that and so we are constantly we are constantly at war with the voices the self-talk from from our minds so it's all about mindset mastery and awareness and being conscious of the stories and the voices that are coming up in our in our thoughts and then we're also battling other people's lack of self-worth in themselves because it gets projected on you you know and they're saying well how can you say that about yourself when you haven't done this, 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 and that, like, cause everybody has expectations. It's their own inner expectations. And there, you know, every single opinion belief that somebody else has, it's not yours, but we are so like, like our minds are like sponges. And so they absorb all of the other people's viewpoints and negative energies and you know condi- like conditioning and it becomes part of you and so it's like this disease we have this kind of like disease almost of the mind and it's really it's a constant discipline it's a constant workout of self-worth like you know we go to the gym we to grow strong muscles and physiques, but we do not have like a mind gym, which we need. We actually need a mind gym. I would say even more so than all of the hundreds of thousands of actual like weightlifting gyms out there, you know, because that's, that's, that's the difference is in order to have a strong external foundation in life, you have to have the strong inner foundation. And it starts by saying, I am worthy. I am loved. I I love myself. You know? And that's really hard to do because of all of the voices and all of the conditioning and all of the sickness that plagues everyone's mind you know 
for centuries and centuries and generations and all of this fun stuff, you know? And if we think about it, <clears throat> everybody is kind of, everybody is kind of walking around in their own personal hell and their own personal nightmare because we allow the negative thoughts. We allow the disempowering beliefs to drain the life out of us and make us feel unworthy and make us feel unlovable. And again, at the essence of it all, you are pure love. You are pure worth. I mean, I believe, I believe that we are all like our little gods. We are all like these great creators and it's a beautiful thing. And 13 years ago, I was not saying that about myself. You know, I was looking in the mirror, telling myself that I was a loser, that I was ugly, that I didn't, you know, that I, you know, couldn't do this or couldn't do that because of all of these things. You know, it's, it's awakening. It's allowing yourself to go inwards and then become a warrior of the mind and a warrior of how we have been conditioned over the years to feel the way that we feel. It's taking back your own power is what it's all about. And it's the most beautiful experience and it's the most absolute freeing experience of your life. And like, that's what I want everybody to know is that, you know, True freedom doesn't come from money. It doesn't come from all of the external things. It comes from the inner belief that I am worthy. I am love. I am powerful. And then you just recreate your life based off of what you want. That's it. It's literally being the author of your own destiny. And not letting others tell you what you can and cannot do. Or even letting your mind tell you what you can and cannot do. Because you are powerful. And you are that just ugh, so much energy. <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys. <laughs> If, if, you know, I, I often think like if there was one thing, especially, I mean, in working with teens, it's, you know, as, as my parent, my question to parents is often, you know, if you could teach your teenager one thing, like if you could lead your teen with one life lesson, what would that be? And you get all different kinds of answers. And for me, I think this is it, you know, it's like, you are enough, you are worthy. I think that's one of the most powerful things because it goes against everything that the human mind wants us to think and believe, or even just the society as a whole, like just, you know, there's so many things, but it's, it's truth. It's literally the truth. And 
if we believe that we're different people, like you show up as a different person when it's like, oh, well, I'm enough. I'm worthy. It's we let go of almost the judgment, right? Like it doesn't matter whatever people think about me. Like everybody's different. And I think that's huge in this conversation to mention, right? That because we are like, we've all kind of touched on this. We're using other people's ideas of what this is supposed to look like, what worthiness, enoughness is supposed to look like based on other things instead of we get to design it. We get to choose what it looks like. And we're often not, I mean, that's a lot of power to hold. And I think that's why it's a little bit uncomfortable and it can be a little bit challenging or scary at times because it is a lot. However, I think when we look at on the other side, when we do embody that, it's totally worth it. And I, and I know we've talked about this before, actually, where, you know, it's any work that we do. And I think this is because this is a universal, all of us have this, you know, I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. doesn't matter. It shows up in different ways. Yes. But at the core, all of us as human beings share this feeling at one point or another in our lives where you feel like I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. And I think that's what connects us so much as humans. And when we're looking at the comparisons, when we're looking at the judgments, like all of those things, then we actually are losing sight of that essence. We're losing sight of really what actually unites us as humanity, as one, and how that we can, hmm, I want to say almost that, you know, how we can empower each other and lift each other up. And I think in having conversations like this and just being real with the fact that, yeah, we've all struggled with feeling like we're not enough and we're not worthy. And I know that everyone listening and often I don't like to speak for other people because, you know, I don't know you, I don't know your life, but in this situation, I am like, firm in my belief that I can speak for everyone on this planet when I say we've all struggled with this. And so when we can look at, like, remove the judgment, remove the comparison, and really just look at the, the beauty of who we are, I'm always reminded that there is a one in 400 trillion chance that each one of us is here on this earth in this very moment, that to me blows my mind. I mean, that's even bigger than how many minutes are in a year. Like It's just mind blowing. Like that's huge. And 
you're not, it's not an accident. It's not by accident. It's by design. And so when we can trust and we can lean into that truth and yeah, we're not saying it's, you know, <laughs> the most simplest thing in the world, just like anything else, it's a journey, it's a process. And it, we're just, I think what really we're trying, what we're getting at here is that giving hope that it is possible. And it doesn't mean that it's going to be every day that we might feel like we're the most worthy being in the whole entire universe. You know, I mean, that would be fantastic. But at the same time, we are still human. And so there are certain things that it might still come up. But it's that going back to what you were saying, Tyler, with that mind gym, that's, I'm, I'm like, I love this idea. I'm like, we, that's our, that's our next project. We need to create like a mind gym. But I think this is where like, this is therapy. This is coaching. This is, right? Like this is, this is reading personal development books. This is courses. Like there, it's just not all like maybe in one place, like a gym. Oh, here's all your like, you know, different machines for going to the gym as a mind gym would be, but still, right? Like there are things out there for us to create this for ourselves. And I think that's where that comes in, right? Like, so even though, yes, we may still struggle with these feelings of being unworthy or not enough, but because we go to this mind gym in however way, you know, you look at that for yourself or whatever ways that you create that for yourself, again, that creation, right? That we can bounce back quicker or we are easier to like, snap back at that negative, you know, self-talk and be like, wait a minute, that's not true. And so we can rebound a lot quicker. And I think that's the whole journey. That's the whole process. It's not that we eliminate, right? Like it's not that we eliminate that it's part of being human, but it's that we get to almost get into conversation with it just as we are and having that conversation of like, well, no, wait, hold on a second, because now we have that awareness of what that negative voice sounds like. And we realize that that isn't us. That isn't our core. That isn't our, we talked about it as the spark. We talked about it as our inner light. Like there's so many ways that this is described, but I think that when we really find that essence and nurture it and love it, and express it in the world, the world is a much better place. And I would love to think that in even us having these conversations and being in this space, that sharing that space with the world, that my prayer is one day we can get to a place that Everyone has been able to create the most beautiful mind gyms for themselves. And we eliminate the, um, what, what, was, what was it? Destination? What was the destination? Addiction. Destination addiction. Yeah. We eliminate the destination addiction and just live in the present moment as a full expression of who we are. That's my vision. <laughs> Can I just add something here? Please, please. <laughs> Wait, because as Amanda was talking, I went through like a little 
got emotional, cried a little bit, then looked up 4 trillion or 400 trillion in numbers, like spelt out. That's 14 zeros, by the way, behind the number four. It's a lot. Um, But then I was, I was thinking as we were talking about this mind gym, if think about this for a minute, if everybody had a deeply developed sense of self-worth, it would destroy all of the major industries in our marketplace. Like we, this whole, yeah, there would not be a need for designer clothes, luxury vehicles, multi-million dollar homes. There would not be a need for even physical gyms. I mean, yes, maybe to then, you know, just keep people healthy and active because they choose to do that, not because they feel like they have to do that. But it would destroy a lot of our a lot of our major industries in the world because we buy products, we go to gyms, we do all of these things because we're trying to maintain an image because we lack the self-love and the self-worth to just be okay with who we are right now. Oh, I know Stephanie's got a lot to say about this one. <laughs> I actually don't. I actually really don't. Yeah. I just, I'm just <laughs> sitting here. I, I'm, I'm taking this all in. My heart's like exploding for the both of you right now. Ever since like Tyler went on this journey, took us on this journey from like his own self-worth, like development journey. And then Amanda, you coming in and I'm just like, so if there's ever a day that you don't feel so good about yourself, like if you listen to just that part, I think it will flip everything around. It's like, that was all just so beautiful. And I just want to reiterate, just as we're sitting here, like I can, I can so feel this when we say here, I am enough, I am worthy. And have this like connection from one heart to another. There's so much love already just exuding from, from this space here. I'm just I'm just so overflown right now and so happy. <laughs> I don't even know what destination addiction is anymore because like I don't want to get out of the now. Like I'm now addicted. <laughs> like I don't want this to end ever (laughs) and this this mind gym idea uh I, I think this is a nice way to to round it up for today for for the three of us to share what our favorite mind gym is so for me um, what I love is a wall, a mantra wall. So I have this wall and it's one of one of my shelves. So I see it every time I walk into my living room and there's all these little um, kind of like 
post-it sized pictures, like really pretty pictures with hearts and mountains and like beautiful nature scenery and stuff. And there's some inspirational quotes on there, like I choose love or I'm meant to shine or stuff like this. And then I always also have one on my computer, like my, my desktop uh, background is also something that just, you know, fires me up. And I obviously I work on my computer every day. So I, I see it every day. So this is what I would say is my favorite mind gym. It's just this repetition thing, right? You see it, I see it every day. So even in the beginning, some of those mantras, they often come from uh, my coaching sessions with my coach. And those are usually in the beginning beliefs that I want to shift into a more empowering belief. So I put the new empowering beliefs on there. And obviously in the beginning, it feels a bit icky and I don't really believe it yet. But when I look at it every day, that's the gym. That's the repetition is key. Repetition is queen or king. And at some point I embody it. So that's why I really, really love the mantra wall, what I, what I call it. Do you guys want to share yours? I feel like I have so many. What do I, what do I pick? What do I choose? I'm like struggling here. Hold on. You know, I don't have, I don't know if I have one specific exercise, you know, I feel like, I feel like I've developed I feel like I've developed a, like a, like a, like a, like a mind gym workout routine for myself. And so sometimes, sometimes like I, I have to look at like my vision board, you know, it's always there. I glance at it every single day, but sometimes I really have to like stare at it and really breathe into it, you know? And then other times, like I have, right on my back on my wall here I have like little mantras that I see every single day I have a I have like a like a vision like a written out vision like words that I will sometimes read that is right here I see it every single day but again sometimes I need to look at it more intently um with more focus with more commitment so i feel like for me i have created my own little mind gym in my house and i go through and depending on what i need what needs to be nourished in that day is what i end up going to do cuz and i've learned too for me and this is just for me i'm not a daily meditator but when I really need to go into meditation, I go into meditation. It's the same thing with journaling. I tried for years to get myself to be one of those daily journal, you know, people who journal every single day, every single night. Sometimes I don't need that. But what I have developed is a routine, is an exercise, is a is a toolkit of of, you know, mind gym exercises that I can pull from when I need them in the moment. So yeah, I don't know if I would have one specific thing. It's just that like I have now cultivated a toolkit that I can pick from in the moment when I need it. 
I love that. I, I love that it's so intuitive, right? And sometimes it is, right? It's tuning into, well, what do I need in this moment? So I'm similar in like, I have a toolkit, but I also like stuff, like I have the quotes on my walls. I have like the vision boards, the journaling. Um, so, so many things, whether it's coaching session, therapy session, like there's so many, I think, options. But one other thing that I'll add to this, because I feel like we touched on so many good ideas. But one thing that I really love is creating like a, I don't even know what I, I don't, I don't even have, I'm like, I need to think of like a really cool name for this, but essentially what it is, it's like a, a, a box where I put like pictures of like really great memories or even like letters or things like that from uh, past clients, like testimonials or things like that. So it's kind of like, you know, if I'm having one of those like days where I need to get to the mind gym, like I'm just going to open the box and remind myself of all the amazing things, whether it's things that like I've done or places I've been, things I've seen, things people have said to me, like sometimes someone will say something really nice to me and I'll write it down and I'll put it in the box. So I don't know. I've, I really loved that over time. I don't even know what yeah, I need a cool name for it, but you know what I'm saying? Like being able to put everything into, into one place where, you know, okay, I'm needing a little pick me up. And so that's a place that I know that I can, I can always go to. Um, but I always have my, like, and that's not something that I do every day. I have my morning and night routine for that. And that's, you know, there's certain things like I have my yes, meditation practice, but sometimes it looks different. Sometimes it's a meditation. Sometimes it's a hypnosis. Like, so it can shift and change too, I think. And I think that's important to mention, right? That it doesn't always have to look the same. And what works for us may not work for you, though we kind of have similar ones, but they might look different, right? For everyone. And I think that's really important. And I feel like as we're like coming to a close here, I just want to really send out that love that we were that that love space, all of that, like the warm, fuzzy feelings that we created in today's conversation and really just sending that to everyone, to both of you, to everyone who's listening. Just, yeah, just so much, so much, so much love in our hearts for all of you. And I'm sure I can, I'm sure I can speak for both of you on that one. Cause I, I felt that too. I, I totally felt that. <laughs> so from our hearts to everyone who is watching or listening, thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to come as you are the podcast. You can follow the show on Instagram at Kaya the podcast and on YouTube and Facebook by searching Kaya the Podcast. If you haven't already done so, please help us keep the conversations going by subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast. And be sure to join us next time for another deep conversation.